1: Welcome to Camp Code, a podcast brought to you by Camp Hacker. This podcast is dedicated to what many camp professionals believe to be the most important time at camp, no matter what you call it, staff training, orientation, or leadership training. This critical time period prepares your staff to fulfill all the promises that you make to parents and customers throughout the rest of the year. Before we jump into today's topic, I want to introduce our co-host, so let's start with
2: you, Beth. Great. I'm Beth Allison. I'm co-owner of Camp Hacker and one of the founders of Go Camp Pro. I was an executive director of five children's summer camps in Muskoka in Ontario, Canada for 15 years. And now I am a consultant and my husband, Travis, and I do a lot of training and I specify in leadership training. Awesome. Thanks, Beth. Gab, take it away. Well, my name is Gabrielle
3: Rael and I'm one of the camp directors at Camp Oro. Uh, camp Oro is an all girls camp in the Laurentian Mountains and we focus on positive girl community uh, while having a bilingual program.
1: Beautiful. And I'm Ruby Compton. I'm the Western North Carolina program director for Muddy Sneakers. We're an environmental education program that works with public school fifth graders taking them in the woods to, to teach them science curriculum. Today's topic is uh, one that you may have heard us talk about in previous podcasts, but we wanted to take a whole episode to really address the staff application, because staff applications are a part of your training. And if you don't view them that way, hopefully by the end of this episode, uh, you'll have some ideas of why we feel that way. And Beth is going to share a little bit more about why we decided to talk about this topic.
2: I think like everything else that you have as a camp director or a camp pro in your job description. This isn't just about getting staff or getting enough staff or even getting the right staff. It's also about training them to be the professionals that you want them to be. And it starts with how you set up your staff application and that whole process going forward. In a future podcast, I think we'll talk about how this isn't even step one, (laughs) but for now, um, because of the time of year, we wanted to talk specifically about how you can use uh, staff applications to train your staff to be the staff that you want and need them to be. Cool.
1: Cool. So our first question that we're going to talk about is, what are some best practices for staff applications? And maybe this will be you talking a little bit about uh, what process you have or have used in the past, um, but would love to share some some things that you know work well. So uh, I'm going to toss it back to you, Beth.
2: Okay. Well, if you've listened to our podcast, none of this is going to be a surprise for you because like I say about everything, front load, front load, front load. So there should be something that appears before your staff application that shares your expectations with whomever is filling it out. So you want to do things like thank them for taking the time to consider you. You want to explain the process to them. What's the timing? When are things due? Will they get a call or an email? Or will you only be contacting those you wish to interview? Whatever your process is, let them know. If you have a firm deadline, Make sure they're aware of that and then stick to it. (laughs) Even if a great returning staff member is a day or two late with their application, you need to stick to your deadline because this is also teaching and training them, um, but also the staff that you know are going to hear about the fact that that person is too late for their application to get in. Um, I would also let them know in the front load that this is a really serious and professional job and that their application should reflect that. Um, I would tell them that this is the most important job that they will ever have because they'll be caring for other people's children and helping them to develop one day into positive adults who will change the world for the better. So their answers on their application should reflect the kind of time and care and thoughtfulness that that kind of responsibility entails. And I would also say something along the lines of, it's okay if you're not the type of person who writes well, Uh, encourage them to ask somebody to look things over or to use spell check or whatever else they can do to have somebody excuse me, have somebody help them out but it's important for you to hear from them directly so you want to make sure that they're the ones that are filling it out and I think if there's an interview process coming if that's what you do for your camp then I would be front-loading those expectations as well. Um, Just front-load everything. It's a training tool to make sure that they're up to the task of applying and that they're able to follow through with all that is to come. So I would start there. Front load your expectations. Awesome.
1: And I bet a lot of that stuff you could put on your website. I know when mm-hmm. I was at Green River, that was there was a big section on our website about mm-hmm. the application process. But then once I set up an interview with somebody, then I would send an email to them that had, Again, a lot of those expectations outlined again, and we can link to those in our show notes so you can see some examples of that as well. How about you, Gab? What are some of the best practices that you've seen?
3: Um, I, I think I, would, I just want to reiterate what um, Beth was saying about um, that this is a serious job. I think, I think sometimes we, we think that if um, that, that goes over some of our staff members' heads, and I specifically remember um, a camp director sitting me down, and she was, um, you know, family friends of my parents, and I was working at their camp, and she sat me down and talked to me about the seriousness of the job, and her tone shift, uh, there was a shift in her tone, there was a shift in how she was sitting, it was really professional, and I I really got it, and I think I, I went into it being like, oh, I'm going to work for my, you know, parent's friend, basically, and then just her sitting me down and saying, okay, so this is what the job entails, and um it's a it's a serious job and this is how our organization works and this and I it really I I held on to those words. Um so I think it is it is a very important piece is to is to acknowledge that this is a this is a job, especially for staff members that are making the transition from you know camper CIT to staff uh they, they need that step. It's, a, it's extremely, um, extremely important. Um, I think for best practice, um, for me, is if, if it's possible, uh, look at your application and um, think about the different styles of learners that you have. Um, not everybody's able to express themselves the best way uh, in a video or the best way in uh, written format. So can, can you be creative yourself and allow for... Uh, allow for different learning styles uh, in their application. And I think that um, this is my school of thought. I I know that uh, being a camp counselor uh, doesn't necessarily follow what uh, school uh, requires of of our staff. Um, And I feel like we are preparing them for the real world. But I do know that some people feel that if we have a written application, um, then then that's helping them for the real world. I... I'm not, I'm not the biggest fan of that. Just because that was roadblocks for me. Um, and Beth and Travis um, a, a while back showed me something that they did with their camp, which is a creative uh, creative staff application. And um, that's something that we do with our younger staff members who aren't applying for a specific job, such as an activity head or a leadership team. And basically, the premise of that is that they they get to choose how they. Uh, want to represent camp so what are they passionate about camp uh, why they want to come to camp and they do that in a creative way and we've had everything from uh, wide games developed to t-shirt designs to board games to slideshows and they videotaped it and it was amazing and I, I that really weeds out staff for me the ones that are, are going to put you know their energy into such an awesome project that means they really do want to come back and not go through the motions so Um, definitely setting up your expectations and then looking at the different learning styles of your staff and how can you be a little bit more flexible than the typical um, job application and then that's also representing camp isn't it we don't do things always the typical way so yeah
1: right on and before we move on any further um, I know Beth you mentioned at the beginning kind of having a deadline for applications which is a totally foreign concept to me because every place I've ever worked has been kind of a rolling application. We're we're taking applications the whole time. So can you talk a little bit about that deadline process and how to put that in place if if that's something a director is looking to do?
2: I think that you need to just start it with um, your first year. So we like if the first year you want to put it into place, we would have a deadline for our. Um, resource staff or program staff and say that all applications had to be in by you know the 10th of January or whatever that happened to be Um, and then counselors were always a few weeks later but the application process went out in October so it wasn't like they had a week to do it they had three or four months Mm -hmm. to get that ready but for us it was needing to know excuse me I'm having some throat issues today um having uh them understand that we needed to put the best team together that we could and so we needed to have all of that information at a all at the same time so that we could place our team together and having uh for us also sort of took away some of that stress of uh applications coming in still in march in april in may all that sort of thing so certainly we would take applications after the date if um we were not full yet if we hadn't Um, filled all the positions but for us it just became I mean it took a while for people to get to know that but eventually every year they just knew that's when things were due so for us we also had hiring days where staff had to come in person so we needed those applications in two weeks prior to those hiring days so that Travis and I had a chance to go over the applications and read through them before we met them in person Does that answer your question or was there something more? I didn't quite know where you were going with it. Yeah, no,
1: that was totally spot on. And just for comparison's sake, Gab, can you talk a little bit about the timeline for your applications over the course of the year? Yeah. So, so basically we send out a survey at the beginning of October and we ask staff
3: members, um, it's a very mini survey. Um, are they, are they planning on coming back, uh, next year? Um, so yes, no, and maybe, so maybe, they put in a date on when they think they'll know Um, and then there's just yes, no. And then we ask for, you know, a little bit of of description. If it's a yes, then what are they looking to um, apply for? If it's a no, then, you know, they tell us, you know, I'm going to be traveling et cetera, et cetera. So they don't have to apply, but we already know pretty much who's going to be returning. And it also stops a little bit. um, I found when we would just send out applications and they had a long period to think about it, they'd be talking with their friends, Um, a lot and I don't I just don't want that domino effect and they're so influenced by each other Um, and so this is the survey they have to do within I think it's it's like 48 hours (laughs) just let us know and um, and then that way it's sort of like they're making their own decision then we know we know what pieces of the puzzle we're basically playing with and then if there's somebody that wants to apply for let's say head of waterfront and they're younger, they're a little bit too young for the position that allows me to contact them and say, you know what, why don't you look at this? I think you need a year or two more. So they don't necessarily need to put their energy into uh, the application. And so, um, once we get that information in, that's about a week, a week later, um, you know, we, we send them sort of the link to our application, but our application, um, stuff is online. It's right there. And, uh, I would encourage anybody, if you're interested in how we do things, to check out warro.com. But um, there's there's clear steps on what to do. And part of the application process for returning staff is uh, they, they have to do their, uh, hello, I'm excited to come and work at Camp Warro video. Um, so <laughs> I'm not chasing after staff members once they've been accepted. So uh, yeah, they, they need to, to do their mini video. And if they don't do it's that, um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Marketing wise, uh, yep. <laughs> it's, we realized this was important, and then yes, of course, there's a deadline. So basically, we want everybody's applications to be done. I think it's it's near the end of November, so we look at also school dates. Um, mm-hmm. You know when are when are they when they when are they in school when are they uh, when are they um, doing their exams? So yes. we make sure it's during a little bit more of a downtime, um, and then we give them about two weeks, so they're not just because you know we all do things. <laughs> Lately, the last minute. <laughs> Not all of us. I have friends that don't, but they're an anomaly, I think. <laughs> so yeah, that's our. That's basically our timeline. And and we also let them know that we'll be opening up new staff uh, applications. We send out for new staff members in mid November, so we hope to have interviews with them by mid December. Um, so if they want a position, then they they have to get cracking. So sweet. Oh.
2: Yeah, and I think and- too, Ruby that. One of the reasons we had deadlines was that we wanted people to understand that we hired a team of people and not just positions. So, you know, I always felt that if you got the right group of people, you could train them to be the position. But hiring specifically just finding the most qualified waterfront director or the most qualified uh, tripper or whatever it happened to be didn't necessarily give you a balanced team of people. So we needed to kind of put that all together at the same time rather than individually hiring positions. I mean, certainly there, you couldn't hire somebody and expect them to have their lifeguarding certification ready if they didn't have anything below that to get them started. But um, it worked out much better when we hired for a good, solid team of people than when we hired for individual positions.
3: Exactly. And then you can look at those qualifications, you know, belaying qualifications yes. and, and lifeguarding, and you can say – you know to your staff members well this is i'd love to have you but we we're, we're a little bit low on lifeguard so we need you to get your is it possible for you to get your lifeguarding and you know that's a whole other that's podcast. a whole other podcast <laughs> but but you, you do need to look at it as a team and yep. so having just knowing who you have to build that team is extremely useful yes
1: sweet See, that's so different from the environments that I was in where it was really just we were hiring great people, but it was on a rolling basis. And um, there, you know, there were always complicated spreadsheets that kind of said these were the skills they had, but it was in that rolling basis. And you just kind of hoped that the right people came (laughs) along. So uh, I I think that's a a really cool way to try to condense that process, make it a little less stressful um, and make it happen. I also think in my experience from what I've heard, there are certainly some camps where that just is not the reality. Like the applications just don't come in until March or April. Uh, but I still think setting that deadline might be able to help have some of those things happen more on your time versus, um, just when people happen to stumble upon you. So, yeah, well, it's building
3: that culture, you know, that culture within your staff. Right. And, and it's letting your staff members know the year before this is where we want to build the best team possible and we want to give you time to think about it. Um, And, and, and we need time to, you know, we want to work with you throughout some part of the year. And I don't mean, you know, hosting huge sessions and, but, you know, doing little projects and, you know, uh, checking in with your staff and, and building community as, as Beth says. And, and so let you know if if you're if your camp usually staff start applying around March, well, but there's no deadline, then tell them that there's a March deadline, and then the next year do that there's a February deadline. Yes. The reason why we don't do after the holidays um is because staff members usually go from camp to school, and then their next time home, though some people can go home for Thanksgiving, but Usually, their next time big block home is over the winter holidays, and what we found is that over the winter holidays, they're oh, it's so nice because mom makes them food and they <laughs> see their dad, and it's a nice little environment, and and they they they're like they're loving home, you know, like oh, so warm and cozy and lovely, um, and so then we would give them their applications in January and and there's such a hesitation like i think i might be at you know stay home a little bit and you're like you have literally 3 months you do not want to be home with your parents for 3 months but their <laughs> their mindset is that right. and so we realized we had we had a, a much higher return rate when we did it earlier um certainly don't do it i don't think in september but if if you can in mid october early october if you can just get them to say yeah i want to come back and then send them the application and the deadline, but before they go home, and it's all cozy and lovely, um, you know.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And I think it's all, that's all just part of your front-loading process, you know, like um, telling your staff in the summer, here's why we're we're moving the date. Here's why we're doing it this year. Here's why we're going to try this, Um, because we want to be able to get organized and put things together. I, I don't know what I would be doing if I was still trying to hire staff in March and April. I think I would be Oh, that must be an awful experience. It's awful. It's so... And so having your your team ready by... Like my staff would have been hired by February. So... And yes, of course, every year you're, there was that one odd spot you were still trying to fill or somebody pulled out or somebody broke a leg or whatever it happened to be. But you weren't filling all of those spots. You knew who the staff team was. And so you could get started on things. And you're, it really helps with community building, too, if you're all sort of in it together uh, for the whole year, by the time, you know, from January on, by the time you get to the summer, whether you've been doing it online or Facebook pages or, or whatever, that helps you too, I think. Um, with with building that community and we used to start with our LITs the summer before so also part of that was we had them fill out a staff application form as part of their LIT program we interviewed them and taped it and then had them watch that back you know so certainly it's not just our LITs that were applying there were new people as well but it was just educating them I think into why it was so important to do things the way we did
1: cool Um, yeah. So where I'm sitting right now in the job that I do, I'm actually not on a a camp cycle. I'm on a school year cycle. And so we um, now we have rolling applications. And so there are applications coming in all the time. It's what's listed on the website. And it works pretty well because I'm in a a pretty rich area for the type of people that I'm looking for. And the program I'm working for also has enough of a reputation that folks come to us and say like, hey, I want to work for you. Um, So that's awesome. But, you know, when I was working at camp, what I often saw was that new application or the staff application opening October 1st and, you know, accepting applications until the, the spots were full. Um, and for for us, at least in the southeast, I know a lot of the college fairs for, you know, when we were going and, and meeting at the colleges and kids would rotate through. Those were usually February, like February, March. Um, and I think a lot of those are not as popular anymore. I mean, the the few that I've attended in the last couple of years, attendance wasn't great, weren't getting a lot of leads, et cetera, et cetera. So much of that application process is happening online now. And with Skype, mm-hmm. you don't even necessarily have to be there to interview with them. An in-person interview, I think we would all agree, is a much richer experience. But yes. um, the reality of it is so much of it is online. Which I think is where it is so important for us to educate these young people and how to go through an application process because um, they may not have anybody kind of holding their hand through it. And I've definitely seen applications that are, are rough and, and or interviews that on Skype that did not go well. And there's this part of me that feels compelled sometimes to say, look, Apply again next year and make sure there's not beer in the background of your of your <laughs> Skype call. You know, like that. I really need you to do that if if you're interested in a job at summer camp. So, um, just all kind of some cool ideas to think about. I think as far as best practices, one that I would throw out there that's really specific uh, is is putting a question on your staff application. Um, about essential functions. I don't know if, uh, in other countries, if there's a different terminology, but the HR term here in the United States is essential functions. So on a job description, you'll see oftentimes things like, you know, can stand for up to eight hours a day, can listen and communicate verbally, you know, whatever it is. And and it's really specific, um, Uh, guidelines and expectations and things that you need to be able to do uh, to perform the job. And so having a question on your application, can you perform the essential functions for the job which you have applied with or without reasonable accommodations, that's going to be a question that's going to help you as the employer um, in case that person comes around later and says, oh, no, I actually can't stand being around children. I'm allergic to them. <laughs> it's like, well, right, but that's in our essential function. So that this is not going to work out. And you were not truthful with us. So um, putting that somewhere that on our applications um, that I've been involved with typically is in that same realm of the some of the questions about have you ever been convicted of a felony, some of those other questions, it's usually in there, too. Um, but that's really important. Now, if you're going to have that question, you need to develop some essential functions. And so uh, if you don't have some really basic guidelines of what's expected of your staff, um, then look at developing those. And again, I'll link in our show notes to the ones that we had at Green River um, and we also had those for our campers, too. We had essential functions of a GRP camper, um, which helped us when there were those campers that applications came through. And we we're like, I don't know if this really is the best fit. And we could really ask the parent, is your child capable of doing of hiking up to three miles every day? Is your child respectful of authority? Does your child respond to um to setbacks in developmentally appropriate ways, and that really allowed us to, to ask some good questions versus us just
2: saying, well, I just don't think this is a good fit.
1: Cool.
2: Great. And I think it's uh, important, oh, sorry, Ruby, were you not done? No, no, go ahead. Sorry. I, if Because states and provinces are, can all be different from each other, I would just get somebody who is in HR, whether it's a board member or a friend or you know, maybe you have an HR person on your team to make sure that your application is asking the questions you are legally allowed to ask and um, that you aren't missing things like these essential functions or, or that sort of thing, is to get some advice from somebody who can help you put that together in the right way.
1: Yes, 100%. Well, cool, Gav, did you have any other best practices you wanted to share before we moved on to our next question?
3: Um, for me, uh, with new staff members, um, just it's to try to be as transparent as, as possible, um, um, and give them as much information as possible and explain to them that it's just as important that they choose us as, as we choose them. And it's not about whether, um, it's, it's about, it's whether this is the right fit. Um, and that's our, that's our goal together. And so that's what I set up with, with new staff members is our, our goal together is to see if, if, um, this organization is the right fit for you and vice versa. And at the end, at the end of the summer, the way we want you to be feel, we want you to feel is, um, that you were successful. Um, and, um, you know, but you have enough, you know, energy to you know go into school. So you're not, you're not feeling overwhelmed. So you'll, that you have, there's a challenge piece, um, but not an, an overwhelmed piece. So, um, and that this is probably one of the hardest jobs you'll ever have. So we were very, very transparent with that. I've, I've said that many times in our podcast. Um, we're, you know, there's a lot of bugs, you know, there's very little <laughs> free time, you know, uh, yeah. uh, this is our meal plan. It's great information as possible. We also provide them with a, a document that we ask them to read and they need to come up with five questions, from that document uh, in their first interview. Um, they really like that. And so that way, I can also see by their questions um, if they're grasping the organization or not. Um, and then we also look for things like a sense of humor. Um, do they admit that conflict can be difficult? Do they understand themselves in conflict? Um, you know, what's their sense of responsibility? What's the relationship? You know, to children. So we look for things that are important that have high values in our organization. And um, and you know, it's a three it's a three part interview. So the first one's really a get to know each other. The second one's a little bit more specific, and the third one is addressing any of the issues that we may think might arise. Um, so there's a three part, and it's it's a it's a big one, but um, it's a lot of work, but it pays off in the long run. Um, the The amount of staff that we have to let go uh, in, you know, our, our first week of staff training since we've been doing a three-part interview is almost none, whereas before is, you know, maybe two, um, which is a lot, you know? Yes. So, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so annoying. Um, <laughs> so, so, yeah, so with those those staff members, and then last but not least, um, with new staff members, you have an opportunity to try to be a little bit more diverse than maybe your camp is already. So what okay. kind of clubs are you going to um, to, to send in your application. Is this, is this where you typically go? Can you branch out to different areas? Um, if you're not, if you're not attracting diverse population, um, from your camp, then, um, you know, you know, trying to put a little bit of effort into that, that I think is extremely important. Why is it that people don't come and apply at your organization? So looking at that, I think new staff members are, it's a wonderful opportunity to diversify, um, you know, your, your, your organization, and then we're, we're richer for it. So, um, I love, yeah, new staff. Yay.
2: I think (laughs) if your application is really well presented, it attracts the right kind of people as Gab was saying, and it helps to weed out those for whom this is not a good fit. I think the staff application is for anyone who's new to your, your, organization, as Gab said, we're always trying to get new folks, um, to come and make us better people, uh, your application is your calling card, it's that f- it's that first real type of interaction future staff have with you, so it has to put forth all of those things about camp that you think are important, and what staff's part is in that, so it, lo- it needs to look really professional, and it needs to look updated and new every year, it needs to have just a little bit of tweaking every year. Um, Just like we try to have something new and exciting every year for those people who come to camp every single summer. So it needs to look like you've put some effort into it too and you didn't just put out the same thing you've done for the last 15 years, which I have seen at camps before, because that says something. It tells returning staff that it's okay to just rest on your laurels and it doesn't put them in that mindset of being creative and thoughtful each summer And it may signal to new staff that you're not really terribly creative in your communications with them. So if you value creativity, make it a creative application. If you value fun, make it so. Um, If you really care about the kind of care that your campers get, have questions that reflect that so that you can make sure your application stands out as something that shows what's really important to you. The other thing that we did before we moved on to the next question is that we had two different applications so one if you're brand new to us and one if you're returning so returning staff still had to fill things out because we certainly changed from year to year, particularly at that age, but it was different. So they didn't have to go through that whole process again. I mean, if they had to tell us if their address or contact information was different, but all those sorts of things you ask for on a a new application, we didn't always ask returning staff. So theirs was shorter, uh, but the questions were also different because we could relay it back to last summer or what they had done previously. So we had two different ones.
1: Cool. Yeah, I wanted to just throw out the, the four questions, like short answer questions we had on our application at camp. Um, so I think sometimes that comes up, like, what are you asking folks? And uh, I can't say ours were p- particularly innovative or uh, creative, and that and creativity is certainly something we valued at Green River. Um, but I learned over time which what I was looking for in those answers, you know, how those questions could be answered and and that who would typically result in being a strong employee from their answers, um, or at least somebody I'd be interested in talking to. So uh, like many people, we asked about strengths and weaknesses. We asked about experience with children. Um, we asked why camp and specifically this camp, which was really important for gauging does this person understand camp? Have they ever been to camp before? And that was one of our questions. Have you ever attended camp anywhere? Um, and then the last question that we asked was, what contribution do you think you can make to ensure a cohesive and purposeful program? Mm-hmm. And um, that you know that's kind of your your closing argument, I feel like, on the staff application. It's your chance to be like, this is why you should hire me. This is how I'm going to fit. And it was so interesting how many folks, I think, got to the end of those other three questions and was like, oh, another one. And they didn't fill it out very well. Um, And the folks who had taken the time to look into our website, see what we value, see how their values align um, and really see how they might plug in. And obviously they're not going to necessarily know if they're a brand new applicant, um, but I feel like you could get some information there about what their expectations are at least. Uh, and again, even hearing on this podcast, it makes me go, man, I wish we had like options for um, putting videos or podcasts or recordings or whatever in because I feel like I, I never would have gotten the gabs at my camp. So <laughs> don't forget that because um, there's some really phenomenal applicants that are out there that may not be called to your application the way it is in its current form. So keep that in mind. And then you see different talents.
3: That's the other thing that's super mm-hmm. cool. Um, you, you see that like I said, the 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 one of the staff members did a, a mob flash at her at her school. She got her <laughs> whole school involved. You know, that's, that's something that has that's something I was like, okay, so you know, my eye was on her and she was eight I think she was no, she was seventeen when she did that. So from the time she was seventeen, I was thinking, this person's gonna be my staff coordinator because she can get people to do stuff and in a really positive way. Um, and she was, she was my staff coordinator for three years. So you, you just see these talents that you didn't realize were, were there. And then other, other people, like I said, would do like these amazing slideshows and, or have these great poems. And um, we've used some of the stuff in our marketing, but it's just, it just allows you to, to meet your staff and they can really, and then they're excited about camp. And then you see some really crappy projects and you're like, okay, <laughs> you are not excited about camp. Um, so, but a lot of people can BS on paper. So, uh, you know, motivation is extremely important. That's what I, I learned from Beth. And when I saw that, what they were doing, I was like, oh, this is a BS meter. Um, that's what I want. That's what I wanted.
1: I think we've all had that experience of getting a great resume or a great application. And then in the interview, that person just falls flat. And, uh, I've had that time and time again, almost to the point when I get a great resume, I'm like, huh, all right, well, hope they're not disappointing. You, know, like you can't <laughs> help but think that because it, it does happen. So. <laughs>
2: yes. Right. And I've had a few where I'm pretty sure mom filled it out. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, you yeah. know, that, those sorts of things. But, yeah. And I think a, a, an application, too, can be a time to ask really interesting questions. Um, things like, you know, share a time when you were really proud of yourself or when you accomplished something that was really hard and getting them to do that or um, asking about a difficult situation that they handled poorly and how would they do it differently if they could go back and do it again and and of course i would front load with please only share things that you feel comfortable sharing but um I, i think that that would be a way for them to understand too where you were going with this that you're building relationships that this is a hard job Uh, And that, you know, they won't be perfect at it. There will be things that will be difficult. Um, I'd ask them things like, who is your hero when you were growing up, like your real live hero? Um, Who did you look up to? And how did that change who you are as a person? so it gets them thinking about them being role models. Um, I think I'd ask them at the end of the application, I wouldn't necessarily do all of these on the same year, but I'd ask them at the end of the application for any questions they feel should be on next year's application, or how they would change to make the application process better, because this says to them that you are open to new ideas and that their input is valuable. Um, And I, I thought of an idea yesterday when Ruby sent us these questions was, I would also include now that I would have all this technology at my disposal, um, several photos of camp. So whatever ones you want to choose, like three or four or five or six, whatever. And if you have an online application, just have a link to them. And ask them to choose one and write about it. And I think that I would leave it there. I would leave it fairly open. So you might get somebody who just writes a really great caption, or somebody who writes two or three sentences, or someone who writes a paragraph, or somebody who creates a blog post. Um, but, um, and maybe again, if, if they just want, if they're able to, if they can video something or just have an audio of them saying whatever this picture says to them about camp. Um, but it kind of is just something else that would get them thinking about the importance of the job. So I think I'd probably add that question in now if I were doing this. Oh, I love that idea. That's awesome. Awesome.
1: Uh, what about you, Gab? Do you have any unexpected questions or surprising pieces as part of your staff application process? Um, I was just gonna.
3: I was just gonna say that w- what what Beth is giving as an option for pictures, I think, is also important for options and questions. Um, you yes. can have similar questions. Um, for, for people to answer and create categories and say, you know, in category A, choose one of the questions, category B, choose one of the questions Mm -hmm. and allow them to, you know, to connect to, to those, um, uh, those topics. And, and as well as, um, what you're, what you're inadvertently saying is I respect you as an individual. I know not all this connects with you, but I'd like you to connect with one of these things. And so I think that's just, that's just great, uh, role modeling. Um, I've, 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 I've wanted to do, I've yet to do, but I'd like to do a, um, a letter, a dear camp counselor letter. So a camp counselor writing as a parent, um, you know, to them and, and talking about their child and what their child needs and what they're nervous about. Um, and I think that that's, that would be one of my options. Um, so, you know, maybe with a there would be a picture option and, and if they do not want to do the picture option, they'd do the letter option. Um, and then, of course, um, because because I think it's important, I would allow them to do it uh, via vid- video um, mm-hmm. if they wanted to or reenact it, as some of my little crazy staff members probably would want to do. Um, <laughs> I also really like tell-me-about-a-time questions. So they, those are, you know, they're specific to their lives, and it, it doesn't have to be um, theoretical. So tell me about a time when you got into you know, a conflict, uh, with a friend, um, and you wish it would have gone better as Beth said. So these type of questions, I think it's a, it's a way of getting to, to know your staff members. Um, and then if the returning staff members, my two favorite questions that I ask are, um, what, what do we do well and what could we do better? Um, and that, that allows them me to see some things that I don't, you know, sometimes I'm like, we do stuff and I don't know if it's, really important or if it's pertinent and then they say, Oh, when this happens and I'm like, really, that's what you guys connect to that. Okay, good. I didn't know. So we keep it. Um, and then, and then what we could do better shows me their insight on camp, um, that they're reflective and that, that they're part of a team that's always about making our organization better. And I I explained to them our, our organization is not perfect, but we're always in the search of better. Um, and, um, and so, it's 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 staff training as you know, as we, we talk about often. But those are my two favorite questions for returning staff
1: members. Cool. Yeah, as far as unexpected pieces, I've spoken about it before on our podcast. Um, at camp, I loved having the counselors write a letter home as they would do throughout the summer, where after, it's actually after their first interview, so we called it part two of their interview. Um, they would get some information about a camper and have to Simulate writing that parent letter home and saying, you know, dear Mr. And Mrs. Smith, Bob's having a great time at camp this thus far. And he's really made a friend here and he's experiencing some homesickness there. And, and we did have prompts that weren't all positive. So it was interesting to see how folks, um, approached that. You know, did they lie about it? Did they just leave it out? Did uh, they they tackle it head on? That was always a really fascinating thing to see. Um, it gave us a look at their handwriting. It told us whether they were committed to this job or not with how quickly they turned that letter back in, um, if they followed the deadline that we set, or if they communicated. Like, man, this week is really, really hard for me. And there's, there's no way I'm going to get this in that soon. I'm so sorry. You know, it's like, all right, cool, we can make this work. Um, So I really, really liked having that. Um, Where I am right now, again, we're running year round programming and have a rolling application. So one of our expectations is that folks will come and and shadow a program. If you're going to come teach for us, understand that it's a little different lifestyle. And um and we want you to see what it looks like because the environmental education that we're doing has some really traditional elements to it but it has some really non-traditional stuff too and even a tried and true environmental educator may come in and be like oh oh y'all do this this way oh wow that's really outside of my skill set so we really really encourage and and essentially require anybody who's applying for a job to see it So if that's a possibility, I think try to figure out a way to make that happen, Um, whether it's the summer before or if you have year round programming that's happening, get folks out to see it and feel it. And and again, really try it on for size because we're all recognizing that we're trying to find the right applicant, but make sure it's a good fit for them, too. So uh, what better way for them to realize if it's a good fit or not by really being there and immersing in it? Any other thoughts on unexpected questions or surprising pieces you include in your application process?
2: I think the only thing would just be make sure that the questions that you're asking reflect what's important to you as an organization. So, you know, I've said before, if creativity is important to you, then maybe one of your questions is, how do you teach gagaball creatively? Um, and get them to sort of, you know, they can tell you or show you. Maybe they'll do a video and, you know, dress up as a character and show you how to do Gagaball. But um, whatever is important to you, those questions should reflect that because if it's about relationships and community building, your questions should be about that so that people go in knowing that this is the kind of organization that I'm getting into. So it's not just a piece about collecting information for you to do an interview on it's a piece about telling that staff member about you so that you can also learn about them and as gap has said so that you find the right fit so i think it's important to really put some thought into that process you guys are so smart
1: so smart i love it all right. Well, uh, if you're sitting here listening to our podcast and thinking, you know what, I need to totally redo my staff application. <laughs> that's great. Cause Gab's going to give us a recap of our show today. Yeah. Hit the highlights. Um, I'll, I,
3: I'll also just add before I hit the, the, the recap, um, a number of years ago I had a staff member tell me we had to let her go. She just wasn't the right fit for camp direct, as a camp counselor. Um, and when we had a conversation about that and, and we let her go, she said, she said to me that she was very surprised that we gave her the job because she felt like she didn't have any experience. And, um, that was a great lesson. I think my, my expectations were, uh, lower, um, because I wanted to give opportunities to people. And, um, now my, my expectations are much, much higher. And uh, and, and so I think you, it's okay to set a high bar. Um, it's okay to expect certain things from your staff members who are applying. Um, and, and one of the ways, I think, to do that in a, in a, in a nice way is to invite um, some of your staff members to to help you uh, create your, your job application, look at it, evaluate it. And you're teaching them uh, leadership skills. You're incorporating them into your organization. You're saying, I trust you. Um, and by inviting those staff members in and sitting down and saying, you know, over Skype, this is what we usually do. How, how does, you know, as a first year last year, how did you find this process as a returning staff member of four years? How'd you find this process and have a little committee and have a little conversation. Just doing that, I think you're also going to ensure a higher rate of return rate with your um, with your staff members, and um, and I'm a very big believer of bringing your staff in when you're doing that kind of stuff. I do the same thing with our camp swag. We have like a small committee of three people, and we say these are closing. What do you guys think? I choose those people. I invite them into those conversations, um, but they feel honored. So you know, make sure that your expectations are high, but get your get your staff members involved a little bit. You know, three or four, have a Skype, Skype chat. I think it's, it's very useful.
1: Love it, it's great.
3: Recap time? Bring it on. <laughs> all right. Um, uh, for your applications for 2017, can you believe it? I can't um, at all actually, my brain's <laughs> glitching right now. Uh, make sure you thank your applicants, saying thank you for thinking of us, but also let them know that this is a serious job. We are in charge of a little people's lives after all. Um, and also, uh, <laughs> make sure that they know the exact steps of the application so it's clear and they know what your expectations are. If you're in the position of uh, creating deadlines, make sure that those are clear. If you're not, maybe start thinking about perhaps making that part of your, your camp culture. And speaking of camp culture, do you have an opportunity to diversify Uh, Look at different areas uh, to send in um, your job postings and make sure that you're also extremely transparent to those individuals on what the job entails. Uh, Ensure that your questions are purposeful. Um, Make sure that you can give different options for different learning styles and also honoring uh, individuality. Uh, Ask returning staff members what we do well um, and what could we do better. And if you do have something such as a marketing program where you include a video put that into your staff application so then you already have your marketing tools like hello campers I'm coming back I'm excited for
1: 2017. Yeah oh best staff applications ever. Yeah. Well, if you have enjoyed our podcast today, we want to invite you to get involved with us. You can join the conversation using the hashtag camp code on social media and tell us what type of topics you'd like for us to discuss any guests that you'd recommend we talk to uh, any great leadership training tips that you want to share. Uh, we would love to hear all about it um, because this industry is all about sharing. It's one of the reasons that we love it so much. Also, if you found this podcast to be helpful, please leave us a rating and review on iTunes. You can do that by going to camphacker.tv slash cc underscore iTunes, or you can tweet your love of the show by going to camphacker.tv slash love. Your feedback really helps keep the show going and helps others find the show as well uh before we wrap up we want to make sure you know how to get in touch if you have any questions about anything you've heard today
2: so beth where can people find you you can find our websites either at camphacker.tv or gocamp.pro or you can reach me directly at beth at great gab uh
3: you can follow me on twitter at gabrielle rail uh on instagram uh gabrielle rail and you can check out where i work at waro.com
1: Right on. And you can follow me on Twitter, rubylyn 85 also on Instagram, Ruby Outdoors. And if you want to check out where I work, it's MuddySneakers.org. And Beth is going to tell us about what's going on on our next podcast.
2: We're going to be talking about saying goodbye to longtime staff members. And I will front load with you right now that Beth has a lot to say on this issue. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <Damn>. So excited! <laughs>
1: well, our final, our final <laughs> segment on each podcast uh, is a best practice for leadership training, and we would love to hear some of your most memorable moments or most effective tips. Again, you can share those with us using the hashtag
2: #CampCode. For today, Beth has our best practice. There are so many times when I do this podcast that I wish Travis and I were still camp directors together because I get these great ideas of things that I would love to do. And of course, in this case, he would have to actually do the work, but I would be the brains behind the idea. But I spoke uh, earlier on in the podcast about front loading your expectations on your application. And what I would love to see is somebody making a video about your expectations so using staff members maybe you're walking around camp as you're talking and showing them things in the background i'm not talking about a half hour video i'm talking like three or four minutes but it's and it's fine to do it at this time of year when things are really quiet but maybe put together a montage of staff talking about how hard this job is Um, and why or I remember a time this summer when you know three of my kids had lice or whatever it is all those difficult moments and then of course ending that going back to each of those people with them saying but it's the hardest job you'll ever love or it was the best decision I ever made or any of those sorts of things I think using those visual tools and letting them hear like actually hear from you and other people really sets that tone of community building and relationships and it helps you get across those points just the way you want to with your voice, your tone, not just how they read it in an application, uh, but however you've put that video together. So I would suggest that you set them up for success and help make them, help them to make the right decision about applying to you or not by creating some little video that they watch for just a couple minutes before they download your staff application. So they kind of get a feel for who you are, what this place is about, what's important to you, and how hard this job is going to be, but also how rewarding.
1: Love it. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing, Beth. And thanks to all of you for listening. We, and We hope we'll, you will join us with the hashtag camp code, and we'll hear you again soon.
0: Please remember, no other industry shares its best practices the way summer camps do. If you use an idea heard on a Camp Hacker podcast, Please be professional and give credit where credit is due. The Camp Code is brought to you by Beth and Travis Allison, summer camp leadership training and marketing consultants. Thanks for the listening, friends.
2: Camp Hacker, bringing your world into focus.